Hey folks, it's Jeremy, the host of Blamo. Thanks so much for listening. This is a preview of one of our exclusive shows on Patreon. These are member-supported shows, meaning they only happen because of our incredible members and community. So check out a preview of the episode, and if you like it, consider joining us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Blamo, where we have tons of exclusive Blamo episodes, shows, our amazing Slack group, and we're adding new things for members all the time. If not, no worries, we still love you, and we literally have hundreds of episodes of Blamo all free for you to dive into. Thanks so much. There is a bit of lore with clothing brands from Japan. Maybe it's because if you like clothes, nearly every road leads to Japan. But how do their businesses and industry really work? What's the deal with the brand capital, and why are so many of these brands so hard to find outside of Japan? I sat down with Jonathan Lukasik, ex-Capital employee and founder of the Bandana Almanac. He's loved Japanese clothes so much, he moved there, and he hasn't looked back since. Jonathan and I discussed the myth behind the Japanese fashion trends, what it's like to work in the industry there, and why he continues to love it. Last but not least, he shares how John Mayer got into Capital. This is a if-you-know-you-know episode, and hopefully part of something we continue to do. It's Buemo Extra with Jonathan Lukasik. I hope you enjoy it. So first off, like, where are you from originally? So originally I'm from Naperville, which is a suburb of Chicago. I grew up there. And then uh, when I finished, well, I went to, to college at University of Illinois in Chicago. When I went to school there, I lived in the city. I lived in Chinatown for five years, I think. Okay. Four years, four years, sorry. Yeah. And what was, how'd you get over to Japan? Um, that, that's still a mystery to me, to be honest. But, um, so I was, I've always kind of been interested in like all things Japan, but like my mom is a huge, like Godzilla, like Mothma, that type of like monster movie, Japanese monster movie fan. And we grew up like, yeah, yeah. We grew up with like, uh, like in the eighties and stuff, you know, like that kind of stuff was like really popular, you know? Yeah, like not not just Godzilla, but like like Ultraman and all that kind of like Japanese like um, the giant the the regular person in the small world kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, diorama world. But um, uh, yeah. So I grew up around that. I've always had like a, you know interest in in that kind of thing. And um, I when I was in college, I studied sociology, but I had like just I was just always super interested in Japanese history because. Um, it is kind of like a very under, you know, under-researched, I mean, how can I say under taught, it's like not even, we don't know anything about in in American education, you know? Oh, for sure. Like anything, yeah. Anything outside of America, pretty much, you know, it's like that place is weird. Why would you want to go there? (laughs) Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, like, so I was, I've always interested and then I didn't know anything about it besides, you know, like. Pearl Harbor and like the stuff we're told in, in school. And then, you know, um, but, uh, you know, like then again, I got into anime and like junior high school and, and, you know, with the monster movie stuff and like Godzilla and stuff like that, just it all accumulating to like a pretty deep interest in, in Japan and in, in like a general sense of the term, general idea of Japan. And then, uh, let's see here. Um, in college, I started studying Japanese history and all that kind of thing, a little bit of Japanese language. And then, uh, it was during, 
the Bush years. So I didn't think America get any shittier. Like I was just done with it. I was just like, this sucks. <laughs> this country's like, like I was just like, when people say like, if you don't like America, just move. So I did. <laughs> All right. <laughs> like it was pre Trumper, get the hell out. Sure. Get the fuck out of America type of attitude. And like I did. And, and that's not like the sole reason that's kind of like, that's way too hipster for me to say, but um, at the time it was like a good reason. It was like the Iraq war. I was like, I don't want to get like some shit's going to go down. I don't want to get pulled into something I don't agree with. You know what I mean? Cause yeah, at the time we didn't know if they were going to Rick Reed start the draft or any of that stuff. So I was paranoid you know, about it. No, I, I do remember that because that was, geez, that was like four or five maybe. Yeah. And, or maybe even a three, I don't know, but I remember at one point, and, and I don't know, it all depends on like what the family is, home life and stuff. But I remember my grandpa trying to tell me like, get ready, like you're going to go to war. And I was like, what? You know, and I think Band of Brothers came out in like 01 or something. And yeah, I had yeah, just yeah. like watched it for the first time. And I was like, I can't handle that. <laughs> it was just like, oh my God. You know, it's it's funny because, well, I mean, in, in terms of like, parents and stuff especially now and i don't know do you have any kids yeah i have two kids two girls okay it's just like it's pretty interesting as as you get older and you have your own kids and you start to kind of like figure out the process of like parenting and the faults and i don't know the the success and failures of our own parents and like you confront the 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 uh (laughs) the imperfectness of of uh our elders and it like definitely throws you for a tailspin for a bit i mean at least it has for me over the years after having kids and looking back and thinking about them like like um yeah i probably did the right thing because like you know we didn't have like maga hats and stuff like that in like 2000 2003 or whatever but um still like there was like an ominous feeling of like terrorism like everywhere like the fear was like mm-hmm. per, like palatable you know and like at the time i met like the job i was working i was working for the u.s government uh part-time what or yeah was, yeah was, i worked for the u.s attorney's office <laughs> um okay wow like, the office of the lawyer the who prosecuted the first world trade center bombing so he was like like the whole office is just weird. Like lawyers, government lawyer vibes are like gross. They're very cringe. Wow. Man, so you were seeing the CD underbelly of all this stuff. That's like, yeah, because I was working with vets and stuff like that. And they're like, yeah, you better get ready. And then, you know, in Chicago, at least we had like Pearl Harbor and 9-11 like equated and like basically, a, you know, war drum for you know, going to, I mean, yeah, beating the war drums kind of thing, like mentality. So I got creeped out by that. Yeah. (laughs) Well, but it's, it's interesting. I mean, obviously you, you love Japan. So you went to Japan, but like, uh, what was it Japan a little bit more welcoming because it's a pretty tough country to immigrate to. No. Um, let's see. I moved here in 2004 uh no 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 no. i studied abroad here in 2004 and then i moved here in 2006 okay like i i you know i got a visa here in 2006 um but i came here to study abroad for like three or three months or so Mm -hmm. in 2004 and then i came back like i just kept coming back like over and over and i have like my wife now which is my girlfriend back in the day 
Right. And uh, we kept, we like hanging out and, you know, the, the only place I ever came to in Japan, like, like the area, only, I only came to Kansai area, which is like Osaka, Kyoto, Kobe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, so I never, I never went to Tokyo here until like uh, three years after I started living here. Oh, wow. So I had no idea, I had no idea what, what the rest of Japan was like. So I grew up, you know, I grew up here, like basically like when you immigrate to Japan, I, I would say if you're going to, if you stay here as long as I have, you kind of have to admit you're starting over from zero. So kind of feel like an infant. Mm. Um, that's the way I, I, I think of it conceptually because um, basically I started my career from zero. Um, yeah. Like I, I got a teaching job, but I had no interest in teaching. It was just to make money. Um, right. But then like little by little, I, I, I became more and more interested in Japanese like apparel and yeah. like, just like the fact that people dressed like way more like, I don't know, with more care and more like, I don't know, attention. Like they just mm-hmm. throw on yoga pants and like a tank top and go out. You know what I mean? Like, right. For me, they like, they went and thought about it. Well, they might wear yoga pants now, but they wear like in a way where you're just like, shit, that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. There is something that I, because I feel like anyone that loves clothes, eventually they realize that what they loved all along was Japan or they, they knew it from the beginning because there's something about, I mean, even like when we were talking about ring jacket, right? The, mm-hmm. that Japanese company, they make in a lot of ways, some of the best Italian tailoring, but it's right. in Japan, you know, and it's just like the, I'm sure you can speak to this much better than me, but like something about the Japanese culture and way of life of just being and doing the absolute best at everything that they, you know, that they make it's, and especially when it comes to clothes and textiles, I mean, it's, there's, there's just nothing like it. Yeah. There's a term in Japanese called Kaizen, which means consistent improvement. Yeah. There you go. And like most companies put that in their office, like in this really cool, like, you know, handwritten calligraphy and it's giant poster. Boom. <laughs> like you'll go to like wow. a normal, totally chill, looks like totally like, I don't know, like San Francisco, like co-working office where there's like a bunch of desks and people like chatting their computers and there's a huge wall with a huge piece of calligraphy that says, guys, in. <laughs> <laughs> you'd be like, what? What's, what's with this? Like there, it's weird. You'll see that old kind of like bubble obsessive culture with making money and doing things a certain way even in like companies that are like startups wow or yeah yeah it's really crazy like working in japan is like (laughs) i can't even i can't even really explain it's really like explaining to you like living on mars because americans have no idea what like working here is like it's not working like if if i look at america what americans do in the states for work i'm like you guys aren't working (laughs) Well, so are you kind of like touching on the concept of like a salary man? Like, could you explain some of that to folks? So, like salary man, I've I've never been a salary man. Um, I don't right. even know where to start with that, but I kind of have an idea of what it would be like um, because I worked for Capital for six years and in their store. And even though I'm like apparel people, like you have this image, like oh, Japanese people take care of their people, They're, like so good at taking. They like do such a great job when you walk into their store. Such a pleasant experience. No, dude, it's a regime. Mm. Like every company has their own regime. Like there's a company called uh, Komsa, 
and they have like this thing where they like make them say, um, it's fun. It's great. It's wonderful. We love this <laughs> company. And they say it every morning to like hype them mm-hmm. up to get to work to, when they, before they start work and, and like capital doesn't have that, but like, there's like, th- there's very particular way they do business here. And it's like, it's, um, it's not like, Hey, I'm going to go grab a coffee really quick. I'll be right back. I'm going to just nod out for a second. No, no way. <laughs> really? No way. I'm never going to happen here unless you own your own store, but damn. So yeah, it's weird. Cause like when I, when I, when I did work in the States, I worked in the U S government. So it was pretty much kind of very similar. Like lunchtime is lunchtime break time. You have to tell your, your manager, like kind of how to, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but in Japan, it's like kind of the same. I guess it would be <laughs> close. To, um, not inappropriate to say that Japanese society is very structured like the U.S. government. <laughs> so, <laughs> which I mean... Not, which is not the best thing to say, but... Yeah, I mean, it sounds like pretty strict and rigorous. But there's, there's a, a beauty in that when the system works right? Because it's not like everyone's walking around like a robot. I mean, obviously, the quality of life in Japan and the happiness of of the people who live there, I mean, has been independently and numerously surveyed all the time and that it's it's a great place to be and live. And, uh, you know, when you look at everything here in the States, um, you know, someone like Michael Williams, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Of of a continuously, I mean, he, he talks about how much he's just in constant love and admiration with Japan and the little things from sandwiches to toilets, to beer, to clothes, to shoes, to, uh, I mean, it's just like this perfect way of life, especially food. Shit. Don't even get me started on food, but it's just, I mean, there's something about that. So you, you come over to Japan and kind of start your life over. What went, what were you doing at the time? Cause you were teaching English. When do you get into clothes? Um, I've always been in the clothes. Like it was like, you know, 90s like urban outfitters and so there wasn't like there wasn't like there was like the denim thing but that was like still j crew centered like right it's like todd snyder early era yes it's not like i can't get into that like that kind of i'm always been kind of like i don't know um i've always kind of thought myself as like a nomad i I have like i've never had like consistent group of friends i hang out with and like i talk to this day like just like a i call it aesthetic prospector Hmm. Okay. Um, um, but um, like, so I try a bunch of stuff and basically usually I try and do stuff with stuff I'm familiar with. Um, so like stuff I grew up around like L.L. Bean and like Coleman and like, you know, like your standard American Midwestern, you know, lifestyle goods, which are not lifestyle goods. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, like, so want to hear the rest? The hot takes never stop over on Patreon. Head over to patreon.com forward slash blammo to hear this and many, many more episodes. From the return of Sid Mashburn, the Sartorialist, and more, you also get access to our private Slack group where we talk about this stuff nonstop with tons of other listeners. So check out patreon.com forward slash blammo and we'll see you there.